For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone. This is Scott Rochelle, and this is the Bay Area Podcast here on the Bleed Podcast Network, the Bay Area's number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in the Bay Area and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available in your favorite directory, Spotify, Google Play, Citra Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. You can find me personally at Rochelle Radio on Twitter. On this week's show, we're going to be talking about the Oakland Athletics and the San Francisco Giants and their upcoming series from a betting perspective over the course of the next few days. Before we do all that, we're going to have a quick word from our sponsor. Bet Online is where you should go to win money today. With the NBA Finals ending and the second half of the MLB season starting, there's still plenty of action to get involved with. And if you're a football better, there are a ton of futures and props that you could wager on as well. BetOnline has all of the latest odds and news and information for all your sports betting needs. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next tip-off, face-off, or pitch, head over to BetOnline and start playing today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back, everyone, to the Ben Barry Podcast here on the Believe Podcast. Now, before we end up going on break, we previewed what we knew with this show once again talking about baseball with the Giants and the Athletics for their upcoming weekend series. But before we do that, we're going to quickly recap how we did last week, and we did really well. We ended up giving out picks on six games, and we went 6-0. and uh, Looking at the overall weekend, starting with Oakland, we predicted that Oakland would end up sweeping Texas, and they did. It was a little bit dicey on Friday night before the Marte walk-off three-run home run, but Oakland killed them the entire way through, won the first game by three, won the second game by nine, Won the third game by three. Texas can hit, and they also can't pitch. Uh, Oakland killed them. And then Oakland also played well in the first two games in the series against Cleveland as it won the first two games there, which means that the Oakland Athletics are currently on a pretty impressive six-game winning streak. Three of those games went to extra innings, so I do wonder how sustainable that is. But the team with the Yankees potentially breathing down to their neck have really responded quite well, especially after the Loriano suspension. And you have to... I hope they continue playing while well moving forward. But switching gears, talking about the Giants, we ended up talking about their three-game series on the road against Milwaukee, and we said that the Giants would lose the would uh, lose the first game, win the second game, and then win the third game. That's exactly what happened. They lost the first game in extra innings, ended up winning the second game in a pretty crazy nine-six finish, up several runs in the tenth, blew it, then won in the eleventh, and then ended up winning on Sunday. Uh, with Cueto on the mound against Anderson, but 6-0 and for us really can't do much better. It's actually impossible, so we'll look for another, well, flawless week, uh, or weekend, I should say, even though that might be extremely difficult, but let's dive right in and start off with Oakland like we always do, and looking at the weekend once again, just going to remind everybody that this is going to be recorded before the Thursday games take place. So when I mention records, when I mention winning streaks, that does not include the Thursday games, so factor that in accordingly. But either way, starting with Friday, and we have some serious deja vu. And the reason is because Oakland is playing, what do you know, Texas again. But instead of it being in the Coliseum, it's going to be in Globe Life Field, so perhaps Texas might look like an actual baseball team for once, because Texas at home is only four games under 
and yet they are 34 games under in total, which means that Texas, if you're doing the math at home, is a pretty impressive 30 games under 500 on the highway. So I expect Texas to maybe win one game in this series, which I feel you could have a parade for if you're Texas because, damn, this team's bad. But either way, looking at the pitching matchup for the Friday game, you have Cole Irvin pitching against Dane Dunning. And looking at the numbers, Irvin record-wise has not been great in terms of wins and losses, but judging pitchers based on wins and losses was... I don't know, something that was last done, I don't even know, 2011. Uh, but looking at Irving's other numbers, he's been solid, 3.45 ERA and a 1.16 whip. Meanwhile, Dunning has been okay, 4.07 ERA, 1.39 whip. So Irving's clearly the better pitcher, but Dunning hasn't embarrassed himself on the mound for one of the worst teams in the league. But if you want to look at the numbers here, Dunning's been pretty good lately. His last five starts, five innings, one run against Detroit. Four and two-thirds, three runs against Detroit after that. Six and a third, two runs against Arizona. And five innings, one run against the Angels. So Dunning's actually looked pretty sharp. But if you want to look at the home road splits, he's been terrible on the highway. But at home, five and two, 2.51 ERA. So I do think Dunning will pitch well in this spot. Meanwhile, Irvin uh, has been, of course, good, as I mentioned before. But he doesn't really get much run support, which explains why, despite the good numbers, his record isn't that great. But if you want to look at his last couple of outings, he's also been pretty good. Uh, seven innings, no runs against the Angels. Four innings, four runs against the Mariners. Six and a third, one run against the Angels. And then seven innings, two runs against Texas in his last outing. But since Texas just saw him, in fact, this will be the third time that Texas has seen him in about a month. I actually think Texas is live to win this game. I'm not sure if they're going to fully pull it off, but I do think that there is definitely a puncher's chance for Texas to get the job done. But to, little, to be a little bit different, I actually, I'm going to take Texas in the spot. I think that Oakland, despite looking pretty sharp over the last couple of games, a lot of extra innings, uh, you know, kind of either comebacks or nail biters, and they also had the comeback win against Cleveland yesterday to win that game 6-3, to three. but this team, despite winning, I feel like could definitely still be playing a lot better than it currently is, and I do think that facing off against Texas and Cleveland kind of helps, because Cleveland is definitely a team that people might think is being pretty good, but they're really not. They've been hovering 500 pretty much the entire season, and if you look at Cleveland right now, this team's two under, so I don't think Cleveland's very good. Neither is Texas, but I think Texas will actually surprise some people, and I think that this game will be very close. Probably a one-run game on Friday night, but I will side with the Rangers. I think they'll get one done. But that's where it's going to be peaking for the Rangers uh, over the weekend because I don't expect these other two games to go well at all. Uh, you want to look at the other matchups here. And Oakland, of course, pretty much with any type of matchup, you can assume that Oakland has the advantage when it comes to starting pitching because of the fact that besides for Dunning and I guess technically Allard, even though his record's terrible, but his numbers as a whole are arguably the best in the entire staff. Texas can't pitch. And if you want to talk about the other pitchers, you end up having Caprillion against Jordan Lyles. And Lyles is a guy who is, well, not good. Uh, you look at Lyles' numbers, 5-9 and nine record, 5.46 ERA, and a 1.48 whip. I think he's going to struggle. Now, if you want to compare Lyles' home and road splits... I will concede the point that he has been better at home than on the road, but he hasn't been good at home either. Uh, you look at the splits here, he has a 5.04 ERA at home, and when that's inc that's improving your ERA, you know how bad you've been all season long. But 
Against Oakland, 17 to third innings in three games pitched, two starts, 5.19 ERA. I think he'll get shelled. And Caprillion is going to be pitching for Oakland. I know he was on the IL for a little while over the past month, but still good numbers, 3.22 ERA, 1.14 whip. ERA on the road is definitely worse, 4.91 in comparison to that 3.22 overall. But the last couple outings have been solid. Seven innings, one run against Boston. Five innings, two runs against Texas. Six innings, no runs against the Angels. Then he got shelled four and a third, six runs against San Diego. But he bounced back nicely. Six innings, two runs against Texas in his last start on August 8th. I think he'll pitch well once again. I think Lyles will struggle. And I think Oakland will win the second game of the series. And that's going to take us to the Sunday game taking place at 2.35 p.m. in the afternoon. And looking at the Sunday matchup, you have Manaya against Allard. I know I just mentioned Allard and how his numbers overall aren't terrible. They're not great. 4.93 ERA and a 1.2 whip. But you'd assume with the 1.2 whip, he probably wouldn't have a 2-10 record. But alas, he does. So you know Texas doesn't fare well whenever he pitches. And Manaya has been very solid. 3.43 ERA and a 1.21 whip. So I think Manaya will get the better of Texas in this matchup. Road numbers, 3.02 ERA on the road, so he actually has been better on the highway. But the last couple of outings, not good. His ERA was a lot better before the last two starts. He ended up going six combined innings and allowed eight earned runs. So he's really struggled. But as a whole, I still think he's the better pitcher by far. And if you want to look at his numbers against Texas this season, shocker, uh, they are, in fact, bad. I'm really not going to... I might have misled you there, uh, which was intentional because you'd have assumed I said he was very good against Texas, but he's not. Uh, he has five innings pitched, four earned runs, 7.2 ERA, but you might make an argument Manaya might struggle. I think that could be a fair narrative to paint, but at the end of the day, I just think Oakland will win the game. I think Oakland's the better team, and I do think that after losing the first game in the series, I think they'll bounce back quite nicely and win the final two. So, once again, I got Texas winning game one, and then Oakland winning the next, the final two games of the series. That's going to take us to the Giants, looking at their upcoming weekend series as they end up tra uh, traveling to nowhere. they got a long homestead. Uh, they're facing off against Colorado on Thursday, and that actually turns into a four-game series, so keep that in mind. But uh, it is also worth mentioning for Saturday, there is no listed pitcher for the Giants, so that's also something to keep in mind. But... Skipping the Thursday game in which Marquez is against Webb. I'll start off with Friday. You have Di Scalfani against Gomber. And it's pretty. It's a pretty interesting matchup because of the fact that Gomber has been, well, pretty good for a Rockies pitcher. 9-6 record, 3.79 ERA, and a 1.09 whip. But if you want to look at the actual splits here for Gomber, uh, the overall numbers are pretty good. But on the road, he has a 5.4 ERA, so he's actually been really, really good at Coors Field and really bad elsewhere, which I feel like is a bit unusual. But looking at the last couple of outings, he's been sharp. Six innings, three runs against Seattle. Six innings, two runs against the Angels. One inning, four runs against San Diego. And then the start after, six scoreless innings against the Marlins. So he's been good. Di Scalfani has, well, not. Now, if you want to look at his outings, I know he has been good overall. 3.28 ERA and a pretty solid overall I'd say just season, but his last couple of outings, he's given up at least three runs, six innings, three runs against the Cardinals, six innings, three runs against the Dodgers. Those two are fine, but you go through the last two starts, two and two thirds, four runs against the Dodgers, and four and a third, five runs, four earned against the Diamondbacks. So I don't exactly trust Di Scalfani in this spot. I might surprise some people. I am not picking the Giants to sweep, 
in this four-game set. I'm going with Gomber on Friday. I think that Gomber will pitch well, and I really question DiScalfani's current form, so I'm going to pass on that. But Saturday, you have Freeland on the mound against somebody who, once again, we don't know who that's going to be. But looking at the overall numbers for Freeland, kind of a tale of two halves because the start of the season, Freeland was basically useless. And ever since then, he's actually been decent. Last four starts here, seven innings, one run against the Dodgers, six innings, one run against the Padres, five innings, two runs against the Cubs, and five innings, four runs against the Marlins. So last two starts or so have been not great. The the Cubs one's fine, the Marlins one's not, but those were also in Coors Field. So factor that in accordingly, and Freeland's numbers are slightly better on the road than at home. But the Rockies, I mentioned how bad Texas is on the road. I got to mention how bad Colorado is on the road. 13 and 42. This team is awful on the highway, and you also have the Giants who are 37 and 17 at home at time of recording. So, regardless of who pitches for the Giants, I'll take them to win the middle game. I think that Freeland will probably go. Four to five innings, three to four runs or so. I don't think he's going to pitch that well. And Colorado offensively falls off a cliff on the highway. I think that the Giants should be able to find a way to get through this game without giving up too much damage. And I do think that the Giants will get the job done. And that will take us to the Sunday game where you have Wood against Gray. Now looking at the numbers, Gray has been decent. 3.85 ERA, 1.26 whip, 7-8 record overall. And to look at the home road splits here for the uh, Rockies pitcher here, been a lot worse on the road. 4.56 ERA on the highway, so I do question how he's going to pitch in this one. Last couple of outings have also been okay, I'd say. The last two starts, six innings, three runs against the Cubs, and four and a third, four runs against the Astros. Lost both of those starts, or the Rockies lost both those starts, I should say. But either way, looking at Alex Wood here. You have a 9-3 record, 4.22 ERA, and a 1.22 whip. And looking at the home road splits here for Wood, pretty consistent home and road, 4.14 ERA at home. But you're looking at the last couple of outings, and they have not been pretty. Uh, He ended up going five innings, four runs against the Astros three starts ago, four innings, four runs against the Diamondbacks two starts ago, and six innings, five runs against the Diamondbacks the last start. However... Looking at those three starts, the Giants won all three games. So he's gotten a ton of run support. The Giants actually have been giving him some of the best run support in the league over the last month. Looking at the last couple of starts here, each of Wood's last five starts, the uh, the Giants have scored at least five runs. Giants have also scored at least six runs. Uh, sorry, they scored at least five in each of his last... It's actually a long way through, but I'll go. Th- I'll go in order. Sorry, I misspoke. They've scored at least, uh, yeah, six runs in four of his last five, and they've scored at least five runs in every start since June eighth. So going through that, that's four, uh, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. So they've scored at least five runs in each of his last eleven starts, which is absolutely crazy. And I do think the Giants will perform well on, on Sunday offensively. I think Wood might end up struggling a bit. Maybe five innings, three runs or so, but I do think the run support will continue, and I think the Giants will win. So once again, to quickly recap my thoughts on both the Athletics and the Giants series, I'm actually going with the same exact prediction for both. I think that the Giants and the Athletics will lose the series opener, and then each of them will win the final two games on Saturday and Sunday in the series. Other than that, though, that has been this installment of the Bay Area Podcast. Good luck to all of you and your respective best today. Bye, everyone.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.